You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And uh, this week we watched Promising Young Woman. I just thought that you were... Drunk? Yeah. Really drunk? Fuck. Yeah. Well, I'm not. But that's good, isn't it? I think you should leave. Oh. Now you want me to leave? No. I just... I'm really high. I don't know what I'm doing. I think you should go. But a second ago, you were determined for me to stay. You were pretty insistent, actually. I'm a nice guy. Are you? I thought we had a connection, I guess. A connection? Okay. What do I do for a living? Sorry, maybe that one's too hard. How old am I? How long have I lived in the city? What are my hobbies? my name all right so there are spoilers ahead because there's really you know no way to talk about this movie without spoiling something so and we can explain why that's the case after the like after we just say go watch it yeah just go watch it um i don't know if i don't know where you're gonna find this movie i mean i just decided to buy it on itunes uh we just finished watching it and this was actually my second time viewing it this is john's first time uh, so I've had a little bit more time to process some of this stuff, but um, John, I want to know <laughs> right off the bat. The question I ask you every time is, "What did you, what did you think?" <laughs> um, so again, spoilers ahead. So yeah. uh, if you have not seen it, I would really recommend pausing this or stopping, going, watching it, and then coming back to this either in a, in a couple <laughs> of hours or at a later date. Um, I think the one of the things. My experience of this was that it subverted my expectations regularly, even though I feel like I've seen this movie before. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like I've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. Uh, my expectations were subverted constantly. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I was engaged throughout the process. Yeah. It is definitely, I, I mean, I'm, I had the same feeling when I finished watching it the first time and it just felt like such a fresh take on this genre because of the subversion mm-hmm. of expectations. Like Emerald uh, Fennell, the writer director uh, knew who, she, what movie she was making and knew that we knew what movie she was making. Right. And so she decided I'm going to take it here instead of here. I'm going to do this instead of what would normally be done, right. you know? Um, so subverting those expectations is why it's even nominated in the first place, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of good performances. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really good work in here, but I think you're right. That's that's what makes it stand out so clearly. Yeah. It has a really important message, and it uses that subversion to get mm-hmm. its message across. You know... Um, well, me- the, and the message is, is part of the story. It's not like the story is trying to shove a message down right. your throat like there's motivation for the message absolutely right yeah i mean i, I really do i my brain is like reeling around to try and i know, know why i knew <laughs> why i know this story but it's because this story has been told in other ways and often not as effectively i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as this particular one and and you know one of the things that i want to just start off with is the lack of titillation and the the in fact the sort of deliberate effort 
to invert that sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the opening sequence where we run along, instead of the hot bodies of women, we run along the extraordinarily unpleasant genitalia (laughs) of men in khakis. khakis. (laughs) Like this, and and it's both about tone, right? Mm -hmm. And it's also about saying, you think you're gonna see this woman's body get exposed in this film. Like you think she's gonna be like the, slutty woman who murders right and instead we're gonna right from the start say you're gonna be watching things that are not titillating but maybe think they are and and that subversion really sets the tone yeah there's 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 actually so much to uh deconstruct in this movie and unpack because like it is it is that and i think this i think this movie was made for a male audience like completely out there like i think that this movie was not made i mean sure women can watch it but i think the market for this movie is for men because of what we expect to watch like what the genre of of movie that men typically watch is this type of movie where you're going to you're gonna watch maybe a thriller or a horror like Steph has no interest in watching this my wife right. has zero interest in watching a movie like this uh, regardless of the message because of the content and what normally comes from movies of this genre right right and there's this titillating the, woman exactly right? and so like the that the the subversion of that it makes you as a me as a man feel so uncomfortable watching this movie. Because there's moments where I I, I want to laugh at something, but I can't laugh at that thing, or I can't feel that way because I know the message is to me as a man, right. not to me as Josiah, but sure. to me as a man in a society that is the patriarchy and toxicity and uh, toxic masculinity and yeah, all of those things and right and the yeah the dominant misbehavior the, of right. men right uh right. yeah well and i think i think i mean at some point as my <laughs> lights go out in the room as we're recording this um it's fine we're fine we're good you know at some point i feel and i don't know if you felt this way but there should be a point if you're watching this if you're a guy there should be a point where you question in your in your head did i ever say or do anything that made a woman feel this way. Do you know I, what I mean? I do, I, and I think that's definitely the the film definitely drives that message to us. I mean, it's it's certainly putting the pressure on us throughout mm-hmm. to evaluate ourselves in reference to these characters yeah. on the screen, and I think tone helps with that because its tone is in that absurd edge, right? Like it, yeah. it's moving off of. I mean, she's pretty anchored, right? Yeah. Uh, but but the the other characters are not as anchored as her. They are out there a bit, and not not in an unrealistic way, right? But in a in mm-hmm. a absurd way. Yes. And uh, I mean, Ryan's not. Ryan's pretty anchored. Ryan's anchored. I mean, um, well, I mean, <clears throat> to be honest, I feel like I feel like everybody in the film is pretty realistic, right? And like you're saying, and. It's. I want you to define anchored. I guess a little bit more. I just feel like they're people who are not 
moving into the more absurd tonality. Oh, I see. You follow me? Yeah. They're, they they feel like they're in a they're anchored in the world where her yeah. parents, right? Um, uh, even uh, her, I mean, her boss, her parents, the the guys at the party, mm-hmm. they they all are are almost they move towards caricature. Mm-hmm. Right, whereas, right, whereas right. there's a lot more richness and I depth see what you're saying. Yeah, to okay. those characters. That that would be my distinction, and I don't yeah. see that as a fault at all. I'm just saying. Sure, sure. I feel like we're in her world, right? This is definitely it. Borders on a romantic comedy at times it, too, right? For like sure. It, it is playing into that. Um, it is. There's a. It's a weird genre of a movie. It really is, and it the aesthetic, the tone, the Everything from the production design to the um, cinematography, uh, costuming, the music, the... Uh, I mean, we'll talk about music. I know you have thoughts on music. Sure. Um, but everything, the the visual style, language, sound, it feels like I'm in a different... It feels like I'm in a dream. It feels like I'm in a bad dream. Yeah. You know? It I, feels like I, I'm in a bad trip. There's no pharmacy on earth that looks like that. No, the, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like we can applaud the production design oh across God. the board, everywhere, right? But that's <laughs> because it's creating a world, and I, uh-huh. I love that you say nightmare. It feels dreamlike, right? Mm-hmm. It is in that absurd sensibility, but it feels like it's her dream, right? Mm-hmm. And as a result, that's what I mean, sort of by the anchor, the yeah. world, and we see over and over again these arc shots around her, like yeah. the world is around her. Like we see the camera do right. arc shot around her, the use of, you know, shaky cam in places. Are, I mean, it's really quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is only because of, I think the visual style that this movie works, right? Like if this was set in a, a hyper realistic world, this would feel, um, two in your face or right or or flat right one Mm -hmm. or the other yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah i think you're right um so they made a good she made a good choice the director made a good choice in in the visual style and it puts us on how to present it's it's presentation it's how to present this message well you know we get it's i mean it does it's just tease after tease for the male audience member Mm -hmm. so the first time we see her in the bar and she's drunk and the nice guy of the three appears to be the one taking her home right right and then he becomes awful and he starts to unbutton her blouse and he takes down her panties. And mm-hmm. as those things happen in in a in a different film, in a film from the 80s or the early 90s of this same kind of genre, yeah. there would be sex and then there would be punishment. And, right. Because those films were 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 making their money on abusing the women right yes. they yeah, they yeah. weren't they weren't about what the man was doing they were about us as an audience actually participating with mm-hmm. that man in a way yeah in that action so they hypersexualized the woman right and she although she puts herself out there in a presented way that is sexually attractive the film doesn't hypersexualize her right, right. um it makes right. her beautiful like it doesn't remove her beauty right but it certainly doesn't hypersexualize her. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's it does that. This whole nice guy thing. It's I mean, there's a lot of different themes that are moving throughout the film, but the main one being, well, at least th- that one that you're talking about is 
that sometimes the nicer guys are actually scumbags. Right. And it's just that you can't judge a book by its cover sort of thing. And you, and and in the opposite way that that phrase is normally used. Right. Right. Uh, You know, one and the nice guy is perceiving himself as the nice guy. Right. Yes. In in a way, you know, like he doesn't even know. Well, and, and we behaviors bad. And it's, it's, uh, it's cause we've all been like, enabled in a way to it's it's the end right it's like it's not your fault you didn't it's not your fault that you did this like you are not guilty of this right it was an accident it's an accident right it's an accident she left like we're just gonna it's not your fault you know and and you it's whether it's somebody else convincing you of the way you are or you are convincing you yourself of the way you are it's just the culture that we've grown up in or the, the 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 way that masculinity has been presented Mm -hmm. that we are we convince ourselves that we're not the problem women are the problem they're asking for it right right it's you know and and whenever we are accused well we were kids we were young right like there's always an excuse or there's always a reason for something and it's always the woman's fault right and the playwright effectively or playwright the screenwriter uh, director effectively Mm -hmm. Seeds that language throughout the yeah. movie without yeah. banging over the head with it, right? Like, yeah. but the, those words are seeded constantly through the film. And you know, in that first sequence where she goes home, mm-hmm. you're pretty sure. I mean, the movie just teases you completely, right? Because she's there with her, yeah. What look what might be ketchup, which was disturbing. It, to I me. think you know, you, it was worse it, for me it, than blood. <laughs> if it had been, it, you well, you hate ketchup, but. It was, uh, you know, she's walking. It was the walk of shame, right? Which is, this is a different type of walk of shame. But uh, she's walking past a construction site. And it's a it's it's very Tarantino shot at first because it starts on her feet. And you see a little bit of blood on what looks like blood, at least. Right, this red on her, liquid. On her leg. And it, you know, we jib up, boom up to reveal her face and there's like red dripping down her arm it's a little bit on her blouse and it turns out looks like she's just eating like a jelly donut or or something that's just gooing it was like i i I thought it was ketchup and i was like oh my god this is gonna make something gross but it's it's definitely i I thought it was like a jelly donut of some sort that jelly donut it was morning so i figured it was uh and like again another subversion of expectations because i was like yo she straight murdered this dude right for doing that and I, at that point, if that was the case, I would have had no idea where this movie was going to go. Um, but because she isn't murdering these guys, she's just she's just giving them like a wake up call, right? You know, like you can't do this. Uh, in the same way, we're we're getting like a, a wake, wake up, up call, call in film. this movie. We're yeah. watching the movie. We're like, holy crap! Like this thing, this happens. If we're not even if we're not the ones who are doing this, right? There still is there any sort of toxicity in us that is causing harm in any way? based on our language or uh, right. or lack of doing things right um, because that is a crime that many people in this pl- this piece mm-hmm. commit as well yeah right you know and each time she does an act of vengeance so to speak those acts of vengeance are don't come to fruition to hurt any of the people so she doesn't really mm-hmm. hurt the the young girl, right? She doesn't right. hurt the what, what is her right. name? Madison. Her Madison. Name is Madison. She, yeah, right. She, she doesn't hurt Madison she said, when she does. I mean, she does. She does enact pain for that person, mm-hmm. but she doesn't actually go through with the harm that happened to Nina, right? Right, right, right. Uh, and and it's fascinating to me that 
but we keep thinking the, the the film makes us think the thing happened in each case right we we are in the position of the guilty party mm -hmm. it, realizing the potential danger of what she suggests is happening which isn't really happening yeah it's it's very it this is i i can imagine this was very hard to do because we're in the perspective of cassie throughout the film but th when she is playing the person when she's manipulating the um the i guess the 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 people she's trying to enact vengeance on we're in their perspective for those moments that's right you know and, but it doesn't it still doesn't feel like that it still feels like we're in cassie's perspective but, but we are in the other the other person's perspective and, and the only it's time it the, so difficult the only time it doesn't happen is with that lawyer uh-huh where we're in uh -huh. where we stay in Cassie's perspective. And Alfred Molina kicked, he just knocked it out of the park. What a freaking unbelievable Gosh. performance. Man. I mean, he must have read that script and been like, "Yes, I want to do this." He's in it for like what? He's probably like 3 minutes of screen time in this movie. 4 uh, minutes and, of screen time. Right, and it's like a home run, right? Yeah. Like the it's just uh, amazing. And I, you know, th there's a lot of really solid acting in this mm -hmm. thing. And I mean, there's so much to talk about, Josiah. Um <laughs> Uh, and I don't know how to organize the conversation. I know. There, it, right? Well, it's, that, my mind is chaos my right is. now thinking about how much there is to talk about in yeah. the same way that this movie is just it, chaotic from uh, from start to finish. In, in, But in it's so structured. The film is so structured. Right. That it, but it still is so chaotic when you're watching it. Um, it's You're just watching this train wreck. Uh, and it, it hurts. And it well, really hurts because you... I first want to say Bo Burnham um, knocked it out of the park to his acting. I don't know if you're familiar with Bo Burnham at all. Um, Bo Burnham started on YouTube doing uh, just original songs and random things like that. Comedian, if and this is for anybody who's not familiar with Bo Burnham, has a few stand-ups actually right now on Netflix I haven't listened to. Uh, but And I haven't had the chance either, and we need to actually watch this movie. It's 8th Grade. He wrote, directed 8th mm -hmm. Grade. Um, from A24, uh, they they produced, distributed, I think, and um, received a lot of great reviews. And I need to watch the film, but I never thought of him as somebody who would go into acting. And I was charmed by him throughout this film. Like I think every line he delivered was like spot on. One, his voice is stunning. Yeah, what an incredible voice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. And he is that plot line. So let's let's just do that plot, right? Mm -hmm. So he's the romantic comedy plot. Yeah, he's yeah, it, he's a rom com. It plays yeah. like straight up romantic comic comedy beats, the, right? Oh yeah, it, oh yeah. I mean, they it's you know, boy meets girl, the quirky exchange, the spitting in the cup, yeah. his bold he's drinking. Still of into it. you, yeah, yeah. The, all the way through to the. You know the the turn that has to happen when he finds out Hell, what's wrong with her, like he finds yeah. out her secret. I mean, and then the 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 one thing that ties all rom coms together is the falling in love montage. You know, the fun and games so montage. So well, yeah. I, I have to say too, the dinner with the parents, and we'll talk. Let's talk about the parents later. Okay. But the dinner with parents was spectacular. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, it does fall that pattern, and the movie says to you, like, there's a beat right where we're at the pharmacy beat, right? Yeah. Where it's after they've kissed for the first time mm -hmm. where you're like wait th it, is this suddenly a yeah. romantic com like yes, is this our they we were in a we were in a revenge uh thriller and now we've stopped that movie and we've we've entered rom-com and and we and we go 
all, all the in. way, right? Right. All it, in. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. all in and it's charming and you want it to work out. Yeah. And yeah. my brain is going, there's one of two things here. This movie is this quirky or uh-huh. there's a setup happening. Right. And that setup is devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that where that goes and how that twists and those final moments, even on the cell phone message is is really quite yeah quite an interesting way of twisting it well and the great thing about that cell phone um is that they didn't show anything and that they let the acting and the uh the sound do the work Mm -hmm. right they could have easily shown us footage and right it wouldn't have had nearly as much impact but because the sexuality would become the thing we're right. watching right you I, I think about um uh requiem for a dream mm-hmm. i don't know if you've seen requiem mm-hmm. for a dream but there's some sexuality in that that in the film is horrible what happens in the film it's horrible yeah but it's hyper sexualized and so it suddenly becomes like on porn channels all right. over the web and and suddenly this thing that was awful in a movie is now become exactly what it was awful for in the film. Right. And I think this movie refuses to give us mm-hmm. a clip that someone's going to be able to steal right. and, and have, you know, which, whichever character sexualized in some way. Right. And as a result, the the awfulness become what it is. I love that idea that, you know, I found this video and it was all passed around everywhere. Yeah. And everyone's seen this video, uh, except for her, of course, right? She has right. not seen the video. Right, because no one would send it to the girl's friend right best friend right? you know um and, and people didn't even i i think that she must have been ghost-like in, in some ways too right smart yeah. and quiet uh in the shadow of this other girl but whatever you know she doesn't see it but everyone else does and that's what happens with these hypersexualized thrillers mm-hmm. where you know a movie like um uh i'm, gonna try, I'm trying to think of uh, the only one that comes to my head is Jade because how did this get made? Just talked about it and, and <laughs> tore it up um, a, a bit, um, like Eyes Wide Shut, like uh, yeah. e- even a movie like that right. that's relatively artistically made. Um, and those films all a, a sliver. I'm thinking of all those kind of movies. They 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 all there's scenes in there that have become the popular icons of. Hey, let's look at Sharon Stone. She looks hot, right? Right, right. You right. know. Um, basic instincts you know how many how many times do we are is there a leg crossing uncrossing bit that and people are like if you pause it you can see and this movie refuses to let us see yeah 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 they're not going to give you the satisfaction of watching any of that stuff it's it's none of that titulation like you were saying because because if we see it then the movie's done exactly what it's saying yeah this movie doesn't contradict its message right in its visual Mm -hmm. style right In, in in what it's showing us um, yeah, and even the, what and even what it's uh, allowing us to hear, right? We don't hear the um, no, right. we don't hear the rape happen. Right. We hear the men responding to what's happening in the room. Yep. Um, so you're not even getting any audio signals of that. Um, yeah, you're you're totally right. Yeah, right it, on the money there. And that's re- I mean it's it's really interesting. It's just an interesting choice to me. But not not interesting. It's the wrong word. Like it's a really brave, wonderful choice to mm-hmm. make that decision to know what what these movies do what people are expecting yeah and by using the kind of advertising campaign that they did they drew people in for that exact expectation 
Yep. Which means the message lands. Like it's it's what good uh, advocacy film does. Yes. Right. Yeah. I honestly thought I was going to see like Carrie Mulligan murder some dudes in this movie. Right. And you don't get that at all. Nope. And thank God we don't because the movie wouldn't go anywhere. It it wouldn't be worth what we're experiencing. It, it would it would have been a horror film. Right. Right. And this is not a horror film. And it yeah, it just wouldn't have been as good. Wouldn't have been good, probably. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, whether the acting's good or not. So, yeah. so anyway, we have that romantic comedy storyline. We have this subversion of our expectations to see sex mm-hmm. and sexuality. But when we get that moment in the romantic comedy story where we're, we know where we are. Yeah. And she sees that. She hears his voice. Yeah. Got him. We're shoved right back into the, the thriller. Right. It, it, you just feel like everything has snapped. Yep. And in a way, th- your first instinct is, oh, I don't want it to happen. I want the romantic comedy to continue, but the yeah. movie's manipulating me again Yeah, because I should be saying that that dude... That dude sucks. He sucks. Yeah. I cannot believe yeah. that he didn't know. Like, Has he been, okay. He's been lying to her this whole time, or does he legitimately not remember? But in either case, it's that horrible. Right. In either case, it's horrible. Right. Because he's associated with right. that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. It 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 definitely it hurts. Um, it's like a smack in the face, and you're shoved right back into the thriller, and you feel just as betrayed as she does, you know? Even if, even if like, like, like we said, like he, he doesn't remember, and he claims he doesn't remember either. But we've also seen other claims from, you know, uh, the dean who didn't remember right uh it doesn't excuse you from you know the situation or uh, you know like it, it's not an excuse you don't remember is not an excuse because whether you were kids or you were drunk or you just don't remember somebody who came to you with a claim of abuse uh yeah it the movie hits hard in a lot of different ways yeah um, it's challenging and it does make you makes me rethink my life in so many ways and um, certainly, you know, that's not at all my world behavior, right? Right, right, but right. Every action I take, suddenly I have to put into this perspective because I've been pulled from the male gaze mm-hmm. into this this woman's vision inside the story, and I have to really hold myself accountable for that. And yeah. that's that's what makes it a, a strong, that's the power of the film, right? Yeah. Is that it's doing that thematically. Yeah, I mean, this is, this this has a more uh this causes a more of like visceral reaction in you than somebody coming up to you and like talking to you about how you can change your perspective on living right right like if i read this in a in like a book not like a narrative book or, or a fiction book or anything like that but like a uh, a nonfiction first-hand account mm-hmm. i don't think it would hit as hard as watching a movie that is fiction it, it would does that make sense it does like, it wouldn't make me feel it wouldn't make, it wouldn't me, make feel. me look at myself it's the, it's the feeling right? it's right. and it's about myself so if i read something it's always about the other accusation in the same way like a tweet's about like mm-hmm. smacking someone over the head but here <laughs> right. i keep getting dragged into an expectation yeah. and as it flips you're, that expectation you're I have caught to deal with in it. this wave of like you know you're 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 trying to get out of the ocean and it's this wave is, is pulling you into the shore. And then all of a sudden you get another wave that crashes over top right. of you. And then it cr- another one crashes over top of you. Cause it's just, it feels like this nonstop thing of 
she's doing this to one guy and then she does it to another guy and then she almost does it to a third guy and there's just like it, this thing that happens throughout the movie where you're constantly the expectations are subverted you meet uh, Ryan that doesn't work out for like you're just trapped in her she she obviously needs has issues right then she needs help with right, there's she, real there's, damage there's damage there's significant right. trauma happening and you can feel that trauma when you're watching the film and so you feel that and I just wanted to go to get some therapy really really bad and obviously that's not what this movie is about but if yeah there's there if look there's some therapy that ne- needs to happen for sure and the problem is that the, the even that thought means that you're potentially accepting the position of the people who violated her right you know what i'm saying right like even that thought which is a good thought right because you don't want to see to someone who is right struggling with this mental trauma with this post-traumatic stress yeah but in that same moment you're suddenly excusing in some way Oh, no doubt. The other it's, pieces, right? It's, 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 super, and, and, you know, I, and I had that thought while I was watching the film was like, man, she really needs to get some professional help. But then you're, you're, you're crapping on her at the same time. That's what I mean, right? And it's just like, ah, you can't say it. But like, seriously, though, that's, that is what needs to happen from a mm-hmm. professional standpoint. And, there needs to be some kind of healing and closure that happens f- for her because it's it's a matter of character choice right and and there's no way for this character to go anywhere other than um accept and forgive or enact revenge right, right. like there's no way for this character there's one or the other there's no in between and it's all based on the character that she's interacting with right so we see her enact revenge on two people and then she forgives Alfred Molina's character and then we see her do revenge again and because remorse is the thing right right? like remorse is something that she needs from the people she's dealing with and I mean it is the mistake that Ryan made makes in his response Mm -hmm. it's what he just doesn't he's not able to feel that yeah he wants to to erase it as well right uh and and that's uh, and that yeah i think you're really right i think that's really a a read um why don't we talk about let's just talk about the parents and stuff for a little bit because we both (laughs) you dude you leaned over to me at once and were like i just love (laughs) clancy brown oh goodness gracious (laughs) i mean the man really is underrated in hollywood i don't think there's a thing i've seen clancy brown do that i haven't liked yeah and as he gets older, I miss some of the ruggedness of his youth. Uh-huh. Like, uh, well, uh, well uh, I will say, you haven't seen Shawshank Redemption. I have not. And the man is brutal in that movie. So, so Okay, well, I, in, uh, let me say... It's, uh, his performance is great. I, I, good, and I, and I will never watch You will like it. his performance in that. You'll never watch the movie. You, won't, uh, you will not like Tim when, Robbins' performance when I am, in that movie. But. When I have lost my mind and in dementia, you are going to play it for I, me. I will. But I still will not have seen it a minute after it's done, so, <laughs> so it'll be fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember him even from a TV series called Earth 2. He was spectacular in. <laughs> like, I, I, I've followed his career for a long time, and I think he's great. And I think as he gets older, he gets these parts, and he's able to really land yeah. the, this sort of the subtlety in the absurdity. Yeah. Like, there's a lot going on in that character. Yeah. 
even as he is he's a comp that's a complex dad weird. right there oh my goodness and he's weird man he's weird and his and his wife is weird and there's photos there's like paintings of dogs all over the house oh and the house i, I it's, mean it's as tacky as it can uh, possibly be it completely out of time right this and he's weird totally okay space. with his wife's decorating style right Absolutely. and decor yeah that house doesn't exist in the rest of that world there's no comfort in that uh-uh. house either there's nothing comfortable no. that kitchen is the least comfortable kitchen <laughs> i mean it's this little like cattle shoot of a it's kitchen. awful it's awful and and the the kitchen's lighting is completely different oh, from the rest so it's like strange. it's like blue green fluorescent lighting and the rest of the light and in the house is all like lamps that have crystals hanging from them and angels oh, there, there holding are, the stems there are crystals <laughs> everywhere there's one moment where there's like three chandeliers <laughs> in shot <laughs> right is, yeah like and and so i think that that house and that's so interesting the sort of frozen in time mm-hmm. weirdness of it and i think that dinner scene is just an extraordinarily like well, it's brilliant he, yeah 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 it's it's an it's a great scene and it's a rom-com scene again right, right. like it is the meet the parents but it's a rom-com, rom-com scene, scene that doesn't feel like like the the rhythm is a, is, uh-huh. is like not quite in in line there's no there's there's uh, less like grilling the new boyfriend, right? There is questions to him, but they're on a Bo Burnham comedic level that it doesn't feel like this is dad threatening the new boyfriend. Yeah. Right? Or and, like, and uh, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. The pasta sauce stuff, like there's these things that are funny and, and again, tropes that are being thrown in. Yeah. And then they're just being torqued and the table setting is, I mean, it's just... It's so wacky. It's just so tacky. It's so, oh, <laughs> uh, just off. But you know the decor in the house, like it is just completely mirroring Cassie's. Uh, she hasn't moved on, right? Right, exactly. She is still. This is the same setting. She's still in the same mindset of being a kid with Nina. Of I mean, she talks about being like, you know. A, what they meet at four years old or something like that, or you know, being being right, young kids. They were four, and, and she talks about her like she's a twin early on, right? And uh-huh. there's this really great line. Um, uh, uh, what what is the line? Hang on, what, a what Clancy Brown says. No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, go ahead with Clancy Brown's line. Well, well yeah. Well, Clancy Brown's line was, you know, N- Nina was like a daughter to us, and we miss her, but we really missed having you as well right. right Laverne Cox's line where she mm-hmm. says why don't you just go like do a single white female on someone um, like when she's <laughs> telling uh, uh, Cassie to like go get at, move out of the house mm-hmm. and I think it's it's that idea of like you find this weird partner who you become sort of twins with so right. like the movie's seeding to us that there's some something weird yes. there right yeah um and then we get that heart snapped into that becomes uh, the icon that get us through the end of the film right uh, and make some sense of of what's happening there um but uh, right right she would have moved in with nina if nina was still around they would have been, well and right. the movie the entire time you're like did nina kill herself is right. she just you know, institution. In an institution is she there's yeah. something something else happened can she not talk anymore is like there's so much trauma to her that she can't even form words and things like that like what did they uh, did they hurt her physically and mentally so that she like there's so many questions and thankfully they're all answered in the end 
Um, right. And and not the we don't. Thankfully, we don't find out how she killed herself. No. Right? Like that would again be the wrong message that the film's mm-hmm. trying to send. But we just learn the outcome of of that and the pain that stems from that for 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 Cassie. And at the end, Cassie is, you know, she doesn't ever try to cause physical harm until the end when that when a rug is pulled out from under her again she's completely betrayed again um with ryan's whole recording and she's going to like tattoo or carve well, nina it, onto if Al. she is see sure I, i'm not 100 you, th- you think sure. she was gonna just write it on him i'm 100 percent sure it was a, potentially a setup okay because we'll never find out i guess we'll never but. find out but th- those cuffs come loose mm-hmm um, I, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. You think it could have been just but Sharpie? I I guess I'd have to take a closer look. I also she think out that she might have just been threatening it, and sure. so he would react. Sure. What, whatever it may be, because that there is that she is wearing Nina's. Yeah. Well, and, she, and she's been wearing it since the beginning, and right? she's put hers in the. Here's the thing: and like, she gives it to Laverne she, Cox she at had, the end. She had um, reason to believe she could be killed. Right. Going there. And so I don't think that she was playing them in like playing Al in the end. I think that she legitimately was going to carve something or a tattoo something okay. onto him. And that was going to be her last statement. Um, because I like I, I think I think potentially like she was just ready to just be done. Well, you it know, certainly I feels she, like that. Yeah. Like that that's this is her last choice. Right. Like this is right. the thing she's doing to. There, yeah. There's a there's something about her. It's a point of no return for her. That like, long walk up the the mm-hmm. in your her socks walk up the mud. Yeah, that is there's something very formal and funereal about that. She's yeah. It's it's instead of getting your hands dirty, she's getting her feet dirty. Right, doing it's, this work now. Do this thing. Yeah, for real this time. Like she has tried to get through to a bunch of men in the film, and it's just. This could go on forever. Yeah, for her. The thing for me is, if she cuts him, she makes him a victim, and I'm not I sure know, whether she's willing to do that. Yeah, sure. And I think she might maybe be not. I don't think setting she, herself maybe up. Maybe she's not cutting him, but I think there there was probably even if I don't know what she grabs. I'd have to go back and look. It looks like a scalpel to me. It yeah. does. And and but I I think that she was setting herself to be up to be killed. Yeah. I, and whether that makes sense or not, I don't know. But. Uh, I think that was that's part of the sure. the thing. But w- either way, it is there is this conclusion, yeah. and then we think he's going to get away with it, right? Like again, the movie subverts us one more yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I'm I was so thrown off by her actually getting killed, right? And and then wondering, well, how the heck is this going to resolve, if at all? And I'm glad it did because I would have felt so empty if. Well, and they if let there you wasn't a resolution, so I know long. it is. It it, go, it does go on for a long time. They they really do let you sit. That the body burning, the we it looks like her hands gonna make it out. Then no, it doesn't. I also want to say that Ryan sucks so hard because oh, the cops come, the detective comes and asks him, "Where is she?" And he is so much more invested in protecting himself right. than telling the police officer, the detective mm-hmm. where she last went missing. Most likely. Right. Knowing that those guys are awful. Yep. You know, 
And so he he decides to not tell the detective where a woman went missing to save his right. to save his butt. Um, like that just flat out. So and it's 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 subtle in that sense. Like if you don't think about it, like you're not going to really pay that much attention to it because right. it's glossed over pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But the dude sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you you'll you'll be charmed by him in the same way. That if you're a drunk girl at a bar, you're going to be charmed by these nice guys coming up to you. Well, and the cop is awful, too. Yeah. The cop is absolutely mm-hmm. tr- covering well, oh, the story. Oh, f- right? for sure. He's like, she probably hurt herself. Right. Right. It's Again, it's just this toxic masculinity it's of... It's completely present in the film. It's just... It's, it's everywhere. It's re- relentless. It's yeah. everywhere. Uh, except for with, uh, except for with uh, Clancy Brown's character, except for with the dad, right? Who does uh, not that I picked up on anyway. Uh, I mean, but yeah, because he's so. I mean, they really are. There's a, there's there is damage there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That that we're we just don't need to know. It's not part of what our experience is. Right. Um. So uh, why don't we why don't we talk about some filmmaking things? I want to talk about music just real briefly. Yeah. Go into music. Then, then go for it. Because I I mm. knew, uh, the second that uh, there was a bass drop where there was some kind of music sh- switch, I was like, he's gonna have thoughts about music. So, I we watched a whole series of films in a row where I have struggled with some music choices, right? Yeah. Especially with diegetic music. Yeah. President and this film does everything right with its music. Okay, it cool. constantly makes the right choice. Well, and it, it's it's funny because I was actually thinking you there was there was only two options, right? You're either going to like the music or you're not going to like the music. And I think that normally when you say, you know, the music is it tells me how I'm supposed to feel, you end up not liking the music. Except I think that's the opposite in this movie. The music tells you how you're supposed to feel, but it does it in the right way yeah i th- i think you're right I, th- I think what it does is it tells us what we believe is going on mm-hmm. over and over again so the music keeps telling us what the story is what what the artifice of the story is doing where there's something else happening underneath and mm-hmm. as a result it's clever yeah or and 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 designed to to manipulate me as an audience member yeah but that manipulation is paid off in a way opposite of what the music in would the naturally subversion be of the expectations right. and as a right. result i get past it so yeah e- even angel of the morning at you know at the end is a subversion of i mean it's literally telling us angel right like yeah. she's dead and an angel like it's just smacking us in the face right. there's right. the one about the i love you one right when they're in the car yeah there's the i'm gonna have sex with you in the, in the car there's right. the the uh paris paris hilton Hil- one in the hilton pharmacy one, right um, which is i mean they're all saying exactly what's happening well, and the even e- the creepy song uh, that is being sung when she is having her um episode after hearing and oh, seeing yeah. the thing like that song is so unnerving to and, listen to and it's like about my twin sister and where right. my sister, whatever like, right all of those things are on the nose mm-hmm. but they're on the nose in a way that isn't about um, explaining mm-hmm. it, it's about creating an experience for me as a viewer yeah. that I have to I have to parse it I have it's, to think it's, about it it's dragging you deeper into the, the world and the feeling of the character rather right. than I guess straight up saying hey 
you should be a little bit creeped out right now. Right. Or you or should she's falling in love, right, right? Right. When sure she's falling in love, but the movie's right. not going to give us that yeah. completely. Yeah. And so the movie's you in a way the movie's using the thing I don't like that I saw in these movies we've watched for the, you know, yeah. the, the the rougher it's frequent use of films. honestly for you, I think. Yeah, yeah I mean I get really like mad this. about it and yeah. And it's 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 using what those those films do, mm-hmm. right? But it's using it for a uh, in a way that is aesthetically thoughtful, and I think that's yeah, really interesting, yeah. right? Taking tropes, which this movie does, and using them for a different purpose, right? So that they are fresh and new and engaging. So yeah, I think the music is really really well done. We've um we've talked about production design quite a bit. Um, I mean, mostly for the, the house. That house is just outstanding. Um, we mentioned the pharmacy a little bit, uh, the coffee shop, and yeah, you know, is is a really interesting place. There's a specifically um, one shot, and this kind of blends into cinematography too. But it's mainly because of the wall decor, where she is, Cassie is standing in front of a blank wall, except for this blue. Um, circle behind her with these right. like are uh, almost like a box this cube around it and it's reminiscent to me of a like a um, I don't know if it's renaissance wh- whenever it is yeah, but yeah. but like a saint right yeah, like a halo a halo yeah. except this is blue instead yeah. of gold so it looks and like she's seeing Virgin his, Mary sort of right 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 oh I didn't even think about Virgin yeah. Mary I just I was thinking of her as like she th- she it's might Madonna-ish think she's some kind of saint in uh yeah in what she's doing, the work she's doing. Um, and there's a lot of, I mean, we can talk about framing in a second because the framing is like center down the middle, but, um, and actually not really, which we'll talk about, but, uh, yeah, the coffee shop, the colors, the set design, I don't know the, the dining, the diners that they went to. Um, it's like they were in the fifties and, it, but but still kept it in the real world, mm-hmm. even though she's driving like a 1990s like Corolla or right. something. Like there's like this really, it's pockets of time mm-hmm. that are just pulled out. It's really strange. And it's so detailed. It's yeah. that that production design that's full of rich detail that doesn't get in. It's not about Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. It's about clarity of yeah. setting, clarity of mood, clarity of tone. Like it's speaking to the filmmaking not to the fandom or audience. And I mm-hmm. think that's great. I mean, I yeah. think those things really work. Yeah. The uh, costu- costume design too was, uh, for Cassie anyway, is like spot on it's as so well. It's so good. Um, I mean, you, she, she wears a lot of flowers, uh, a lot of floral uh, dresses, a lot of bright colors. Nails are, I mean, she's living in this kid's world essentially. Mm-hmm. Like she's trying to con- like, still stay a kid because that's when life was good and we see that reflect in her nails and her hair in her um lipstick in her Mm -hmm. makeup in everything that she's doing um which is it's the exact opposite of who she is right as a person right now um you'd think she's innocent and uh not doing the work she's doing but Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about cinematography. Unless you have some more to add about no, good. And PD. Let's go, go. Um, I mean, it's just great. It's worth watching. Gosh, yeah. I, I want to watch it a second time for just for production design. Yeah, the production design is ridiculous. Cinematography. Um, cinematography. We're, I mean, we're seeing a lot of 
really interesting uh, center framing, right? A lot of negative space to mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, right, that coffee shop is coffee shop shot is, in negative space constantly. Yeah, I mean, there's a shot where sh- uh, Cassie is far, far left of frame in the hospital, and you right. see a skeleton's uh, layout and then like a muscular uh, layout and then safety above her head and it's just like this is such a crazy shot um even uh in in when madison comes and brings the phone to her and they're both sitting on couches um cassie is dead center Mm -hmm. but actually madison the reverse shot is i think slightly off centered and it's not symmetrical and so there's such this uneasy feeling i have i do have a favorite in the film of the most uneasy feeling shots and it's when they're in Alfred Molina's house and we get the same uh, the same framing, same center framing for both characters. But the camera is lifted so much yeah. higher that it's like a, it's on a longer lens and it's mm. tilted slightly down. And it feels so weird after seeing so many almost eye level or right. below eye level shots mm-hmm. that this is raised up and it's just so uncomfortable. Uh, and you have these dead plants sitting behind her and his house is this modern aesthetic and he's been sleeping on this couch clearly. Right. Um, we're not sleeping. We're not living sleeping. On the couch, You're right. right. He's just been laying there. Yeah. It's that those shots there make me feel so uncomfortable. There's, the, I mean, there's some startlingly beautiful wide shots, like mm-hmm. these pulled out wide shots. Yeah. And like I said before, the, the moving work with, the arc shots around her and those the the, the way they reveal uh, you know her emotion or her her mm-hmm. presence in the story are really interesting but yeah there's i mean when she's out in that scene after she's discovered the truth sort of yeah that walk is i mean the trees there's a, there's a shot where she's coming out of oh, the yes. house um yeah w- the where where she talks about um, Nina and they say you gotta let Nina go I, and I forget the actress's name because uh, uh, but she goes into the house and uh, Cassie's walking away and it's house center framed uh, tree right mm-hmm. uh, you know mid mid focus like it's a deep focus shot and then yeah. there's a, another tree framing on the opposite side and she walks right down the middle and there's the shot after she smashes the guy's tail uh, the, yes right and, and she's yeah I mean they're, they're just beautifully composed shots yeah and and not the easy take you know i I teach video like the first thing you do is rule of thirds boom 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 right we don't want to do too much center framing about this and then you watch center framing done well right and you watch really interesting compositions that utilize the rule of thirds in a fascinating way yeah and you're like this is this is why yeah you have to learn the rules so that you can break them for the right reasons and it's all about motivation and you can feel the weight of the negative framing on Cassie throughout mm-hmm. the film and the weight she's putting on everybody else by enacting the vengeance or the whatever she's doing to them. Right. Um, I mean, we don't get that same we don't get that same uh, center framing with her parents. Right. It's a two shot. It's never like a center right. frame with mom no, or right, center exactly. frame with dad because she's not putting that weight on them. Right. Um, and we don't actually I don't actually think we get it with Ryan. I think we do when he's sitting at his desk until in the, end. the end. Yeah, um, I yeah. think we we do then for sure. And I mean, even the wedding at the end is center frame. That mm-hmm. that insane wedding. That insane wedding. Talk about <laughs> again, like subverting expectations. We think they're essentially stomping on her grave, right? Like yeah. it's this weird. 
uh, whatever kind of hippie style is, wedding thing. I don't even know what kind of wedding that. I've been to a lot of weddings. As somebody who photographs weddings, yeah. that type of bride would not have that type of wedding. That is and, a weird. And it's this dress rom-com moment, right? Like with the dancers in the yep. center and the them playing the bongos and whatever. And and you feel like we're in a rom-com again. I'm like, what, what, what is, is happening? happening? Yeah. Um, and we get the answer, right? I also want to. I also want to bring up, and we can talk about acting. Actually, this is a good transition, unless you have some more to say about cinematography. Good. But I mean, cinematography is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Done. You gotta and watch it, and it's all motivated. It's so all that's motivated. The, that's the important and thing. It's all thoughtful, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's something about um, the the male casting in this for of the um, the the perpetrators, right? The the people who are uh, you know, essentially raping mm -hmm. Cassie. Uh, you have Max Greenfield, who's uh, who who is from a new girl show called New Girl, right? Um, and he is very much a womanizer in that show. And I actually haven't seen him in anything really since. Uh, I think maybe The Big Short was the last thing I saw him in. But um, he's in that. You have Adam Brody, who's the first guy, the first nice guy, and you have. Um, Christopher Mintz Plaza, whatever. I, I don't know his full name, but he's McLovin and super bad. If everybody right. knows who McLovin is. And I think it's really interesting to cast those three guys um, because of just the movies they've been in and the roles they've played and, and the characters they've played in, in, in the past. It almost feels like it's like a little bit of penance for what they've, the right. roles they've played. It's very interesting. And I, Alfred Molina is, doesn't really fit for but, me. But to think about those but, three guys, right? Yeah. The, the thing to think about from from my perspective is that they what television does what movies do with those kind of characters mm -hmm. is they become folk heroes yes yeah. and this movie says wait a second, they're not folk they're heroes not folk they're really just bad dudes yeah like it, it but, and so by casting them yeah. again using uh, like iconography or, or archetypes uh -huh. like you you we you know who they are I know who they are and as a result, we have an immediate identification of them as the womanizer or whatever it may be, yes, right? Right, right, right. Uh, or the sexualizer, whatever it may be. And so, but we also know that people like that character. Oh, yeah. I mean, Max Greenfield's character, who plays Joe, um, who's probably the worst guy in the entire film. Um, you know, I love, I love Schmidt on, so on I mean, New Girl. It's, and, but he's, when you look at him, objectively in the same way That's they're making right. him look you're like that dude sucks and like right. they, and they do poke fun at his uh douchebaggery in in new girl but it's this is giving a whole new light shedding a whole new light on well this is probably how how he gets the women he gets right and he's not playing a character that is too far off from schmidt right so it's it's i think it's just very very clever that the casting they that that she chose for this film um right for them um let's talk about carrie mulligan because this is probably like i would say one of her best performances that she's ever given um yeah i agree i mean we saw we just watched her and dig not to the dig not too long ago and she's good in that but it doesn't it her that performance isn't stand out for me um do yeah you know what i mean i do but yeah. this one is so full the depth in the dig is is buried blah that's a horrible <laughs> line but that's sort of what it is whereas here 
she has so much work to do. Like mm-hmm. the co- level of complexity of, of what she's doing is it's extraordinary. Yeah. So so she has subtext to perform yeah. and she has her text to perform, but she also has these this sort of multiple perspective mm-hmm. and as a result mm-hmm. she's working con- like yeah. she's definitely working everything she does isn't what it means right on the surface mm-hmm. right is what you're saying right um and it's not just like she's saying a line in a way that means something else she's literally acting she, yes she's acting while acting right right because she has to play this character to these people while playing that character right exactly it's, yeah she's she's doing an incredible job and uh again i think just un- uh, underrated overall as an actress like just doesn't get enough credit um and she's feels like she's just working constantly too though so it's it's very i'm glad she's finally getting some kind of recognition for yeah putting her, her way work. out front like this is yeah. great and she she nails it right like yeah. she they absolutely nails what the role is doing and she doesn't have to exploit herself to do it, and like mm-hmm. that is magical. Yeah, um, it's just like uh, like La- I think Laverne Cox does an extraordinary job yeah. in the film, mm-hmm. and she, you know her role is subtle and charming yep. and meaningful. She's uh, not in it for very long, and it's it's you, you're left with a uh, knowing that I'm like I'm glad Cassie had a, another good that's friend, right. you know. And right, it sucks clarity, that right? she didn't realize that she had another good friend, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a, that's another heartbreaking moment from this film is that like she says, "I don't have any friends," right? But like you're like, "No, you do though." Yeah. And it well, yeah. and she, we know she knows she does at the end because she gives her the yes, yeah, yeah. for the heart, which is right. It's it's that it's a perpetuation of that relationship. Yeah. Um, we've already talked about Alfred Molina a bit. We've already talked about Bo Burnham a bit, who knocks it out of the park. Both of them do. Um, I want to say, um, Al, at the end, oh, his performance came out of left field for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you felt about it, but f- I'm fully convinced of his panic and his. Uh, I I don't want to say guilt because like he is he's feeling so guilty for what he did, but he's also not feeling guilty at the same time. He's only feeling guilty because he's afraid of right what he's only about worried about the outcome he's not feeling yeah. bad about what he did right yeah i mean the, the body's just laying there next to him it's just a, it's a, what a business i can i can almost feel the adrenaline running through him mm-hmm. as this is happening um and that's an easy thing to become cheap we've seen that uh-huh. kind of murder again we've seen that kind of murder film after film yeah and often it feels cheap and unmotivated like yeah un, un, uh, you can't it takes so long to suffocate someone yeah that it's hard to believe yeah. when people can maintain it but they hold on to that thing for they they so really do long. sit there and it is it is a believable performance it's so long i i'd be interested in going back and timing out how long that is because yeah. it, it must be a it's solid minutes. two minutes you know yeah yeah it, it's long and thank and they don't show it right they don't show him sitting on the pillow on her on on over top of her face for the entire time because there's some cuts right but they also focus on the guy killing her right rather than focusing on they could easily she easily could have cut to close-ups of her hands flailing or her her legs kicking or like 
But well, we see Something a little like bit that. of that, right? We and, see it in the wide shot, though. In the wide, right. No, yeah. not in the close, right? right? Only in the wide. And what's interesting to me about that, again, is he, and it's, it speaks to the theme of the, the movie, he has plenty of time to choose not to do it. Mm-hmm. He has plenty of time to decide to stop. Right. And he doesn't. Well, and the thing is, like, he has put all of his weight on her face and he could easily disarm her you know and yeah like he could he could easily make the choice to not kill her but instead he just panics and chooses i mean right. yeah and in that moment of rape right like when he's doing what he's doing in the it's in, in the, the video moment, that we don't right. see a, yeah in yeah. the moment he's doing this thing whether you know pre-planned or not whatever it's going to be it's still the same act of violation. Yeah. But at any moment, he could say no. Right. He could decide not to do it. Right. He could decide, as opposed to she has to decide or she has to protect herself. And so it like thematically locks back down with the movie because at any moment, as he's on top of her, as she's laying in what would amount to the missionary position, right? Right. And he's he's suffocating her. He could stop. He has plenty of time. Yeah to make that decision and he does not and he just chooses not to right yeah it's yeah it it, but his acting man came i did not expect him to be because we haven't seen him this entire film right and i don't know like any other i i feel like that just the casting was just done so well and his performance was really compelling really convincing uh so yeah hats off to him um performance was good yeah and a film that's stylized mm-hmm. that has so much work happening with the camera m- the actors being so well directed yeah is not always the case yeah. right and i i mean i i feel like you have to credit that to i mean obviously to the director who's also an actress herself right um who's in the crown and uh she wrote some episodes of uh killing eve which the first season i've only watched has been was pretty good yeah it's good um and and treads some of the same kind of complex uh ground about guilt and control and Mm -hmm. and that yeah yeah so i i this is her this is emerald uh fennel fennel i don't know how to say her last name emerald's uh debut feature and i think she's gonna have more to come yeah i I agree with you it's i don't know if they'll be as stylized as this um but this is kind of like i feel like if you're gonna do your first feature you gotta do one that is like make a name for yourself Mm -hmm. like make sure that you're you're funded again based on your first film make make one that's not forgettable a forgettable first first feature and she's definitely done that she's definitely going to be back with another film someone's going to fund her left and right i think for the next film yeah i think for sure and and her knowledge of genre is so strong Mm -hmm. uh and considering the other pieces that she's worked on right Mm -hmm. yeah um she has knowledge of broader genre than this right and the idea that you can take and without becoming camp do the work that she's done is really impressive yeah yeah exactly um so anyway i i mean i really enjoyed the film i would say that you know definitely give this a watch and uh, you know, we, we normally rate things around here on like, should we see it in theaters? Should we watch it at home on, on your TV or should you just avoid it? I mean, I would definitely say go watch it. Yeah, I think I'd probably like to see this in theaters. Yeah, I mean, in, it's that same conversation we're having. And as as the theaters start to open again, you start to feel like you can actually compellingly say this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a film to go see in public because it holds you accountable even more strongly. Oh, yeah. Right. So if I'm sitting in the theater 
with my wife or with you and, and your your wife with, with Steph, my daughter, I guess I should clarify that, where <laughs> I'm going with a bunch of, of just folks I know. Well, in, in, yeah. a, in a theater full of men and women, this film carries extra weight because yeah. you're on display. So you and I are... We we're doing some of that work because we are publicly speaking about it, right? And like putting our out ourselves out there, uh, saying about our own self reflection, and we're forced to do that because I know uh -huh. we're we're recording and we're going to put this online, and I know that I'm speaking about this in front of you and whatever. That, but in a theater, walking out you, in that public space, this film has a lot of strength. Yeah. Watching this alone in your home is probably not like if you're a guy on a saturday night who friday night you know yeah was out drinking with women and saturday night you're home alone because you have too much of a hangover about again right. and you watch this you're not gonna have the same experience as no. if you were in a theater no. watching it. yeah well this is definitely a conversation starter film right. like i imagine and based on the way it's marketed the way, what we talked about before like there easily could have been like a group of guys like three or four friends who went out gonna watch this you know revenge thriller in a, right. in a theater She's super sexy look and, how sexy she is and in the yeah and all of a sudden you're in the middle of this film you're like oh my gosh this is not what i thought it was going to be and you're not disappointed at that you're just like completely thrown off for a second and then you you you're in the film and it's fine but after the film's done you go out and you grab a bite to eat because you guys need to talk about the movie because the because the it's affected is all there, of right? you yeah, right exactly. yeah you've been you've been accused almost of something mm -hmm. um whether or not you've done that thing and it's a shame that this movie came out in 2020 when all the theaters were shut down because i don't think that probably happened to many people like that conversation there, there wasn't as many conversations started because not as many people got to see it together right right yeah people and, got to see it but and the first time this, i saw it i watched it at home by myself yeah right and, and i mean you're a thoughtful film reviewer right so right. like you're experiencing it and you're thinking about it in your home but other people might be watching it like the netflix watch and mm -hmm. it isn't on a streaming service so it's not in that wide release yet right uh but you know if i was sitting watching this with with my wife with lisa i would have a i wouldn't feel the same level of accountability mm -hmm. because i'm in this committed extraordinarily happy relationship right, right. that isn't abusively designed that yeah. isn't about any of that yeah but that doesn't mean that in my life i don't have to hold myself accountable for every other person i've touched yeah and so sitting here with you watching this is a different experience because that safety of of lisa's confirmed you know both of us with our wedding bands on right. lockdown marriage doesn't it, it, there's no safety in this setting and I can think about it and and this and I know I'm going to podcast about it so that is d different I think you're right I think this movie I think the movie's power suffers from theaters being closed yeah yeah um, agreed yeah Whereas Godzilla versus Kong, it <laughs> right. didn't do a dent in it, right? No, I had just as much fun at I, home as I would have had. In I would have loved. I would love to see it. In I would love to see that in theaters, but, but it was great at, on HBO Max at home because it wasn't asking me to do anything but no. but sit there and take the ride, right? Um, and and the Sound of Metal too, I think, to some great extent, yeah. better in but better for better. technical reasons, yeah, not for thematic reasons. The, right. the theater doesn't support the theme, and here the theater supports the theme, yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation by leaving us a message at anchor.fm slash Racking Focus podcast. The link is in the description of this episode. 
We'd love to feature you in the podcast and respond to your questions and thoughts in a future episode. And if you want to track all the films we watch and talk about, you can catch either of us at Letterboxd. Uh, you can find me there at John Doyle. And I'm at Josiah Blizzard. The links to our profiles are also in the description of this episode. We'd also love for you to leave us a review wherever you're listening. And we ask you to leave a five-star review because that helps people notice us. But you can leave whatever comments you want about us in the review. That way you can share your opinion and increase the conversation. Lastly, follow us on Instagram at Racking Focus Podcast, where we post screen grabs from some of our films we're watching and where we'll keep you updated on the episodes that are releasing week by week. If you are listening to an episode, we'd love for you to share a screenshot of that episode you're listening to and tag us in your story. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.